0: Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a Kings Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in light-hearted conversations that are grounded in Scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. Hello, hello. Oh, hey, Caleb. G'day, g'day. Hi, Josh. How are we doing this morning? Doing well, doing well. That is great. Very well, very well. Fantastic. Well, yeah. I am doing very well as well. Thank you. Wells all around, that's great. Wells all around. <laughs> well, well, well. Um, I'm joined here, obviously, with Jib and Josh on this yeah. fine morning. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified, Josh. Yes, you, you are. I, that is my name. Yes, do a, quick, do a quick roll call. <laughs> present. Pre- present. Uh, and... We are continuing in the theme of Eternally Human and this week we're talking about identity politics. Great. Which is quite a...
1: 20 minutes, we'll sort it out again. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Every conversation, we can do this in
0: 20. (laughs) Let's not give ourselves more time. Let's not be over-ambitious. 20 minutes should should suffice. (laughs) So, I thought the question I'd ask, I'll, I'll throw it to Jib. Yeah. I'll put you on the spot, Jib, and last last week you sort of took the reins. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't give you an opportunity to ask a question. Oh and no. I know I know you need to fulfil that part the dream. Of of being a host and asking the question. So what is a question you, you wish to ask?
2: <laughs> okay.
0: All right. You're stuck on a desert island <laughs> with
2: one chapter of the Bible. What is it? What would you want to be?
0: One chapter. Yeah. Oh, let's go one book in
1: case. You, one yeah, book. Yeah. You go first, Caleb, since you always... <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <get> some, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Caleb
0: asking yeah. you. One book. Uh, how long are you stuck there for? <laughs> uh, it
2: might be until Jesus returns.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, I think <laughs> my first thought was Ecclesiastes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> You're just stuck. It's just like vanity, vanity. Yeah. <laughs> Quite depressing. Yeah, if that's what'll give you hope. Wow. Yeah. But probably the psalms I'd say. Oh, it's nice. yeah. say. yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I would have expected that from Josh as well. I think yeah. that's a good pick.
0: What about you you, know, Josh? is the Psalms
1: taken now? Is there only one Bible yes, to yes, share if there? Psalms you pick the, are gone <laughs> if
0: you pick the Psalms, I think what it means is you'll be transported to my uh, island, oh, so okay. then we'll be together. Oh nice. Okay, no, I'll take about, the Psalms then. How about
1: Josh? Can you tell us why the Psalms is such a good pick? Oh, I think the Psalms has obviously got all the human element to it, you know, like crying out to God. But I think it's also so rich in its theology, so okay. it has everything. The whole gospel story is there. So I think one for the human aspect, but two for the this gospel story. Mm.
0: Yeah. Do not want to imply anything that other yeah. books aren't gospel theology? the rest of the know. books are missing? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, very oh, very good! Great, great question, Jim. <laughs> Thank Thanks <you>. for Jesus <laughs> is in the Psalms. You know? <laughs> yeah, stepping into that, what book would you choose? Probably
2: Romans. Yeah, yeah. Psalms is a really good. I've been convinced that Psalms is a very, very good pick, though. Just from this conversation, yeah. Uh, my ah. my gut would be to grab for Romans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's dive into today's text. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> no further <laughs> comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unpack that. Yeah. We're reading from Galatians 3, verses 26 to 29. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring's. As according to the promise, I suppose a good place to start before unpacking our thoughts on um, this this piece of scripture is: how would we define identity politics?
2: Yeah. All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe one way to do it would be: imagine you are asking someone, "What are you? Apart from human, what are you? What defines you?" And there are many ways that people might approach that question. Mm. And I think the the sort of identity politics umbrella captures a lot of that. A lot of people, I think, will answer that their most, uh, they'll answer first with their job. A lot of people will answer first with their job. A lot of people will answer first with their sexuality, with their gender identity, with their uh, something about their ethnicity and cultural background, um, something about what makes them, relatively unique in their context mm. that impacts how people look at them and how they look at the people around them. Um, and it's the kind of thing that it's very easy to, for, th- for that to inform how we look at everything else as well. How we look at people, this, is, this person is X, yeah. Y and Z and yeah. therefore I'm going to assume um, A, B and C about them. Mm. And also to say I am X, Y and Z, therefore you can assume A, B and C about me.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, very good. So it's a, it's a very broad, broad yeah. I- idea of identity, which can include pretty much a- anything that we think mm. about ourselves or how we relate with others. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and
2: it's the kind of thing that I think today especially opens up the question: Are you on my team or not? Yeah, and, and so people talk as if they're on teams based on their yeah, identity politics or around how. Tolerating or even affirming people are of their identity politics, mm-hmm. I think that's sort of what motivates this today as well yeah, um, this discussion is are you on one yeah. team or not? Yeah. how much do people care about being on the same team
0: yeah. Yeah, very good so uh, I love just that foundation um, to to go off mm. with the scripture that we've we've just read it's obviously pointing to our identity in Christ, so I'm wondering what you notice about. What does Christ say about who we are in the Scripture?
1: Yeah, very good. In a very real way, it obliterates gender politics, doesn't it? It's kind of—it's a very strong Scripture in that way. I love Jib's sort of introduction. How broad gender politics is, and and you it, mean identity politics. Ah, uh, identity politics. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm in the wrong podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Identity politics is how broad it is, and the f- the fact is, none of us escape it. Be- I mean, yeah. it's it's not a new idea that that term might be new, but Paul's dealing with it here. Mm. I'm Jewish. I'm Greek. I'm male. I'm female. I'm slave. Yeah. I'm master. It's just a normal framework for the human heart. It wants to identify in something, and so I think what I'm noticing here is that this: this is rarely explode. The gospel explodes that. I mean. He says, "You know, we are the primary identity of the believer is in Christ." Yeah, that phrase is used so much by Paul that you are in Christ, and so I guess identity cannot be found anywhere in the creation. Can't be found in in any creator, but can only be found in God. You can only know who you are if you are um, in relation to God, not in relation to your your work, your your gender, your politics your your wealth status your whether you're married even it gets worse because we think of these as big issues like you know fighting issues it gets right down into the nitty-gritty so Paul deals with it in politics of the church he's like you know one saying I belong to Apollos, one I belong to Paul it's like what are you guys going crazy <laughs> And so theology can become identity politics. Um, it's, yeah, just, it's, just brand, it's
0: not
2: a brand
1: new idea. It's a human condition which the gospel speaks to.
0: Yeah, yeah
2: very good. <laughs> I, like that the, I like that the text asks the question, or answers the question, um, what does it take, what team do I need to be on yeah. um, to receive God's awesome promises that he made to Abraham? And the answer is Jesus. Just be in Jesus, and nothing else disqualifies you from that.
0: That's super super helpful,
1: and I think wh- one of the reasons it's so opposed to the gospel is because you join a team and then you look down on others, yeah. which yeah. is a complete offense to the gospel. Yeah. The gospel causes us to move towards others who aren't who are um, in need. Or so if we think we're correct, the, res- the response shouldn't be looking down. <laughs> yeah. If you think uh, you know this, my team does this, but even in that way, if you've joined a team. And are looking down on another team, and you've now violated the gospel. And so, I think that's why it 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 can't be part of the gospel. It must be apart, apart from it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, what's a gospel approach to loving people?
2: Paul talks about being all things to all people. Not literally all things, but really that he will meet people where they're at. That he will understand. He will seek to understand where they're at, uh, and to have compassion for where they're at and uh, then speak into their particular circumstances. And so we see that not just with Paul, we see that throughout Acts, where anytime someone, a uh, Christian, goes into a synagogue, they're like, awesome, here are the promises of God throughout all of Scripture, and then here ha- how they fulfilled in Jesus. And they go to Gentiles and say, um, look, they don't start from Old Testament because because they don't have that foundation, right? But they say, uh, look at these awesome things Jesus has done and who he has proven himself to be. Or to look at... You worship these gods, you even worship an unknown, who you call the unknown God. I'm here to make known to you what you call unknown. And so there's that aspect of understanding where people are at and looking with that gospel lens and showing how uh, Jesus is uh, good for them and for them and greater than whatever else we find in it. But it's, it's something that has to be approached. I know this is very vague. It's something that has to be done. Uh, with tact and care and love because it is really easy to um, upset people when when we're talking about what team they're on. Mm.
0: And I I love that, what you're saying, because in many ways you have to give up what you have to meet someone where they're at.
1: Yeah, very true. I mean, I love this text kind of pushes you in that direction because says like, there is no slave or master. And if you're like, oh, I'll if I'm a slave, I ought not to behave like a slave. If I'm a master, I ought not to behave like a master. And so it's not that it, – but it also in the same time, I don't think it's just that it obliterates everything. It calls us to go there, – there are these things that we have to acknowledge and, and yeah. understand, yeah. but at the same time, the I'm in Christ is my primary identity. So when they, when they, when they push in – again, when they push into a too big a space, too large a part of my life – it's how I define myself. How I talk about it. Then it becomes I need to remind myself what Paul's teaching here. No, that's that's not who we are. That's not your essential essential uh, identity. Yeah, exactly. you, are, you are loved and in Christ. And the amazing part of that that verse that we read is when he says, "For you are all one in Christ." So he says you are in Christ, and then he says you are and you. There's neither male nor female, slave nor free, Jew nor Greek. You are one. In yeah. Christ. So the oneness in Christ trumps the identities. And that's a great indicator. Like when my identity trumps the oneness in Christ, I'm talking about amongst believers, yep. when my identity politics, my position on politics, my position on theology, my position on vocations or whatever it is, when that trumps my oneness, it has too large a place. Um, it's become too important. It's be- it's now um, in opposition to the gospel. That's as it, as it relates to believers, I think, and I think we can learn uh, something about that as in the way we approach unbelievers as well. That you know, For sure. we, we have a have a kindness and a love towards him.
2: For sure, yeah. and th- and this oneness, this unity, is not to erase our diversity. Is not to erase our differences. Um, the Bible, the New Testament spends a lot of time talking about the diverse body of Christ, the different members with different um, functions, different purposes, uh, working in different ways, and that we really are all in our different ways bearing God's image. So it's, it's not to erase our differences. I think erasure is, is something that um, some people are concerned with being, being silenced mm. um, about their position or, or their experience. It's not about erasure, but it does impact how you talk about these things when your identity is truly first and foremost in Christ. Yeah, it's one question that's as difficult to bring to non Christians. I think it's helpful to bring to to Christians. Is do your identity politics shape how you view the gospel, or does the gospel shape how you view your identity yeah. politics?
0: Yeah, very good. That's a great question to to think about. I'm reminded of a, um, it's it's a guy named. Uh, Josh Pretorius. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so please don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I hear he's a powerful unit. Oh. He's a powerful unit, and and he's often I've often heard him say um, it brings us to the radical center. <laughs> oh nice. And I'm reminded of like this discussion is it like is. A, a gospel mindset or approach should bring us to the radical center. So using mm. the slave or or the free, for example, is like. If you're if you're free, it's not thinking too highly of yourself, very good, and using that to lord over people. And yeah. if you're a slave, it's not thinking lowly of yourself and that you're not worth it. But actually, finding who you are in Christ yeah. brings you to that radical center. It does, yeah. um,
1: and I think also to remember that all of this is idolatry in some sense when you make too much of anything, right? Yep. and so. When you've put your identity in anything found in the creation, it is not possible for that to satisfy you. Yeah. It will lead you into spiritual danger. You're heading towards some kind of death. That's the scary part of this. So even as a believer, my finding my identity in these things is dangerous spiritual behavior. So it's not even wise. But the glorious grace of God is coming to rescue us. Do you know what I mean? It's, he's rescuing us, and that's why these things fall over. God is committed to making them fall over. That's the other part of this. Like you, your identity is in this? Great. God is coming for it <laughs> yeah. in the most great. And it's beautiful grace. It's rescue. And so the pain of these things, and they are—they can be very painful, in one sense is also God's rescue because he's committed to us finding our identity in him, not in these things. So he will. You can guarantee I don't have to do it. Caleb doesn't have to do it. No one's trying to do it. You're fighting God. Because God wants to be the center, He wants you to find it. You know. So this is this is kind of the other aspect of all this in our thinking is like, but I want my identity. I want to fight for X, mm. and God's like, I'm going to make sure it crumbles beneath you because your hope is in it, yeah. and that's glorious rescue. It's painful, yeah, but it's glorious rescue. And um, you know, I'd rather than I'd rather not come kicking and screaming, rather <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> right. try and uh, just you know, God help me. To find my identity in Christ, not to place it in these things. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And just to add on that a little bit, um, a lot of the identity politics can be around issues of um, justice and oppression. Yes. And, um, God is just. He will make everything good in the end, and also, um, He's not calling us to just wait until then either. But He wants us to care for the oppressed. He wants us to yeah, love the least, lift up the least of us, and, and love all. This is, this is not to dismiss the goodness of justice, um, but there is so much comfort in the expectation of justice actually being fulfilled uh, ultimately mm. when Jesus returns. Mm.
0: Yeah, very good. So I wonder just in closing and thinking about how we can encourage one another and ourselves in who we are in Christ Christ,
1: I'd say maybe two questions to ask if we are in Christ then then the way we look at the unbeliever who's not in Christ ought to be with compassion and love they are worshipping some idol and how we want to hold out Christ to them so I think the shaping our thought towards people who hold radical identity politics is one of they, God would you rescue them and, and how could I hold out Christ to them I think the second one would be more an internal question. How, what do I speak about my identity the most? And that'll tell you, you know, if you're always banging on about something, or we are this. Ask yourself, do I speak about being in Christ more than that thing? That's, that's a very difficult diagnostic question to ask. But I think it it's shows you something that I consider myself more in Put whatever you like in that sentence. Then I am in Christ, because all I talk about is my gender, my job, my whatever it might, whatever it might be. I am, I am, I am. Or whether it's whether you're a victim in that space or or a or a dominant person, hero. Is that is that what you speak about? That's what comes out of your lips. And lines, um, are you in Christ?